Welcome to the Of Course You Did podcast, your go-to source for brain-based mindset tools and highly effective business strategies that will help you create a truly aligned business. I'm your host, Brooke Alexander. I started out having no idea how to coach people or how to build a successful business to building an internationally accredited coach training and certification program, The Created Coach Method the most interactive, high-touch online NLP and coach training experience. Each week, we're going to dive into the concepts, skills, and methods that will help you increase your impact, profits, and authority. Want to learn how you can become a standout coach? Join my free training, which walks you through the exact things you need to focus on to become the go-to coach at createdmindacademy.com slash standoutcoach. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Of Course You Did podcast. I have an interview for you today, which I'm really excited about. It was a really great conversation with Tarzan K. Tarzan teaches people how to write emails that people want to read. And I can attest to that because I actually read all of her emails, even the launch ones when I am not intending on purchasing the offer. I stick around and read all the emails. So this is a really great episode because we are talking about story-based emails and how to write story-based emails, what that even means. We talk about what is value, which is a topic that I talk about in terms of all of your marketing, but we talk about it in terms of email. So what is value when in terms of giving value? What does that actually mean? We talked about consent and getting consent for the people from the people who sign up for your email list. We also compared Instagram and email a lot so that you could hear the differences between the platforms and why email can be so much more powerful why it's better for connection, etc. So this is a really great conversation. Tarzan was amazing to talk to, super knowledgeable, super on the ball. So I'm going to quit rambling and let you dive right into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. We have a guest here, another Canadian. I, I consider myself Canadian. My PR is about to come through like any day now. So I can say fellow Canadian. Um, we have Ta- Tarzan K. Yeah. Tarzan is a former copywriter for hire who specializes in emails that are fun to read. I can attest to that. And more addictive than Netflix. Her online courses mm. teach how to write story-based copy and make consistent sales from a small email list without using fear or FOMO. I love it. Thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing your time with me. Thanks for having me, Brooke. I'm excited to chat. Um, We're just going to dive right in because we briefly chatted before I hit the record button. But a lot of people are putting or have traditionally put Instagram at the top of their marketing strategy. I know I did. That was how I was taught to have an online business. I was told that I needed to be a brand on Instagram. I needed to show up every day. I need to be on stories every day. And it's just like a lot of marketing before business. It's been marketing before skill, marketing before um, ethical Mm. coaching. And 
I'm shifting away from that, but I really love to know how email fits into your marketing and how you have it at the top and like, where does email fit in your marketing and how does it fit compared to everything else that is available? Okay. So for context, I also just want to say, I also was just taught how to be a marketer before asking any larger questions or even becoming more of an expert in what I am an expert in, which is marketing. <laughs> a bit of a, there's like a, a bit of a snake eating its own tail. But anyway, I also was like taught to put marketing first. It's like you're building a business. Okay. You have to learn marketing and spent so much of my time on marketing far more time on marketing than anything else in my business. So I think that is like symptomatic of the way online business is taught, not necessarily whether you chose to market yourself on Instagram in the beginning or email. Um, <clears throat> but for my first several years in business, I only did email. I didn't, it wasn't until, and my, my Instagram was like slowly gaining some followers in the background. Cause I know when I started to do Instagram, Instagram, uh, like about three years into my business, I actually had 2000 followers, which I had done zero to earn. I, I guess people just found me and followed me or something. Um, free 2000 followers. Yay. I started a little bit ahead, but, um, I really just focused on email marketing. And for a long time, like I, I would speak on stages and I would have this big slide behind me that says like, I only do email. And to be honest, like I long for those days because my business now feels more complex. Like I do more free content. I give like, I just gave like a long series of free workshops about email marketing. And, you know, our, my business has like a much bigger layer of complexity. Now I have a team and we can do all these things. But in the early days when it was just me and my VA, um, like I just did email everything like I, my primary, like even my free content was my emails. Like I, you know, some people have a podcast some people have a YouTube show. Like my best work is my emails. So that's where I do that. Like that's my nurture content. And it's also where I ask for the sale. And now, you know, now, as I said, now we do other things, but I do think it's possible to build a business that way. And I do want more people to know that, um, you don't have to like add all those things right away. That's a lot for one person to manage, um, and to have multiple channels and complex marketing, like just email that's possible. Mm -hmm. Do you have people come to your Instagram and then you direct them to your email? Like, is that like the end goal? If someone follows you mm -hmm. on Instagram to eventually get to your email? Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Like for in my business, like all roads lead to email. If the, if it's not driving people to my email list, like I'm not interested in doing it. Um, so with, when it comes to Instagram, like, as I said, I started about three years into my business and I've always had help. And like, I'll be honest, like, I do not like being on Instagram. I actually even like, I look at Instagram a bit. There are some accounts that I follow that I really enjoy. Like people who do Instagram really well, I'm like, oh, I love this. This is great. Um, but I prefer TikTok. I love TikTok. I feel like TikTok is smart and entertaining and I could be on TikTok all day. But now I'm just talking about my personal preferences. In business, I actually don't like doing it. And I'm so I'm kind of trying to figure out like I, sometimes I feel inspired and I'll show up on stories and I'll do things and I like it and enjoy it, but I don't want to be beholden to it. 
um, all the time. So I do have someone on a full-time team member who does content development. She's really smart and a really great designer. And um, so she post like she sometimes turns my emails into posts. And, um, you know, of course we have like links to the email list all over the place. Like, yeah, yes. I, what I really, where I really want people to be is email. So if I'm on Instagram, it's because I want to tell people get my emails. Okay. I love that. That's definitely something that I've been trying to do as well. Cause I feel the same. I have been stepping away from Instagram the, at the end of last year, I actually unfollowed like every single account. I followed only one person. And so whenever I'd go into Instagram, <laughs> the only thing I would see was my last post. So I would get there and I'd be like, oh, I don't, I have nothing to see here. So it was a really great like <laughs> way for me to step away from the, the anxiety and all of that, that mm-hmm. actually it, I had from social media. Like that was the impact mm-hmm. on me. I know it's not the same for mm-hmm. everyone, but it was a really great way for me to step away from social media and have my own thoughts for a little while and then mm-hmm. really think about how I wanted to show up and where I preferred mm. to spend my time. And um, for me, that's podcasting. I'm not super great at email, but that's the goal as well. But I do try to encourage people to um, to want to stick around and want to come to other platforms. Like for me, Instagram is a place where I can kind of show, Hey, this is, this is the knowledge that I know. Cause for me, a lot of people actually do come from Instagram. Um, and mm. then it's like the process of getting them onto, onto email. I just want to add one thing to that. Cause I also want to acknowledge, like, I'm not a beginner anymore. I'm not a beginner. And I recognize like a lot of the business advice that I get on Instagram R is like, I do see a lot of beginners who are like getting into the expert space and I'm just like not interested. Um, but I do think that's like, it's because I've grown and I know that I got a lot of value there at a different stage. So I I also just want to acknowledge, like I see people making decisions about their email marketing based on the way that they digest email. They're like, I don't like email. I don't want to send an email. I think it's annoying. Like my people must think it's annoying too. So I won't email them. Like that's not necessarily true. Like um, your customers, like when I started my business, like my first ideal customer avatar exercise, like it was just me. It was just a different version of me. And then, which perhaps that was the case, but as I've grown, like my customer is not me. Like they want different things. So you can be like, I like that you can be on Instagram, like telling people how to do great on Instagram and reach tons of people on Instagram and also like only follow one person. Like I, I'm actually not on that many email lists. I keep inbox zero. I'm like really very, um, you know, I don't know, not skeptical. That's not the right word, but like I'm sparse in my email subscriptions, but I still believe in the platform. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I think it's when we have too many, um, like other people, we're getting too much influence from other people. It can detract from our own thoughts. That's definitely what it was for Mm -hmm. me anyway. Like, I don't want to see 
so many things that all these other people are doing all the time. Um, and it was a great way to like, just use the platform more intentionally. Cause then I could like choose who I wanted to see it. And I still mm. did look at some people. Um, but I mean, I could go on about that. Yeah. I, I also, this is the last thing I'll say, cause I feel like I made it sound like I don't like Instagram and I just remembered I do like Instagram. I also started following hashtags instead of people. And that really, like, I, I feel like I trained Instagram to show me what I want because I followed certain hashtags and I made sure to like, to spend more time on them, like, like, share, comment, um, on, on those hashtags. And then I started seeing more of those hashtags. And now when I look like, if I open up my newsfeed, it's like at least 50% content from hashtags. Wow. I completely <laughs> forgot that you could even do that. Yeah. I totally yeah. forgot. Okay. Brilliant. I'm literally going to do that as soon as we're done. Um, thank you for that reminder. Um, so in terms of why email is more powerful than social media, like we hear this all the time, all the time. What is it? The, the, what is that saying? Like the money's in the list or something like that. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. I know, you know where I'm going. <laughs> yes. I know where you're going. Let me just tell, okay, let's just start yeah. with some basic math. Okay? okay. So let's say you have 10,000 followers on Instagram and you do an Instagram story and it's just a normal story. It's not like your best story ever. It's a normal story. How many people do you think that story is going to reach? Probably like 300, 200, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I was going to be, I thought I was being conservative saying 500, but yeah, <laughs> two to 300 of your 10,000 followers. Like I have 8,000 followers, maybe 9,000 on Instagram. And I would say routinely my Instagram stories get 250 views, 500 on a good day, my very best, absolute best stories, a thousand. So, and that's happened like two times. So let's just say it's two to 300. That's like 3%. That's 3%. So that's 3% deliverability on that time that you spent versus 10,000 email subscribers where you could like, this is not um, generous to expect 30%. Like that's very achievable on an email list of 10,000. Like I have, let's say we have about 15,000 email subscribers right now. And our, yeah, our open rates about, I haven't checked on it recently because open rates are less and less reliable um, as like for accuracy with the new male privacy protection. However, it still is like worth looking at. Um, and we do know, like we can reach 30% of those 10,000 people as opposed to three fucking percent. Like that is outrageous for yeah. these. So like just spent, start by spending 10 more, 10 times more time on email because more people are going to see it. Like you get to take those people with you. Like if you, like if Instagram is like no longer the thing, and you actually enjoy being on like TikTok or whatever the next thing is, like you don't get to take those people with you. And your email people, like those are your people. You take them with you. You can reach them. You also can, you know, like with like, let's say with an email campaign, like let's say we're selling something um, for like a 30 day period and we're like warming people up and we're like taking people through this whole journey that we're going to sell them something. And actually, like, I can reliably reach those people at all points in the journey. Whereas if it's like on social, like you don't actually know, like, oh, maybe this one piece of content is going to get featured 
but what about the next one? Like, it's like, we, I do feel like, um, we can be pretty strategic with email. It's a lot more predictable what's going to happen. Um, and uh, all of this is totally colored by me just not wanting to do social media. I want to say that. And also just like, I love email marketing, like the, the conversations that I get to have like on the back of the replies to my emails, like they're incredible. And if you think about like, for one thing, Instagram comments are public, email replies are not. And even DMs, like, yes, I occasionally, like if I'm doing stories, I get lots of DMs, but it's like two words, three words, one sentence. Like my email subscribers like reply and share stories and have like intimate conversations about their businesses and their lives. Like it is such an intimate space. And I feel like just give something that social media doesn't, it's not performative in the same way. And to me, like that really lends itself to like more authenticity and deeper connection, which is like what my, you know, some of my primary goals in my business. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I loved all of that. And that leads me into the next part that I wanted to talk about is story-based emails, story-based conversations. And what does that what does that mean for people who don't know what that actually means? Because like we're limited in our um, space that we can even like talk to people on Instagram, for example, there's 2,200 characters. Um, what does story-based emails mean? Yeah. Okay. So something I'm noticing this among my students lately, cause I'm like my, everything I do is so story driven and I almost would never send an email that doesn't contain some sort of story. However, what I see with my subscribers or my students in our program email stars is like when they tell a story, they're like telling a whole story. It's like a chapter of a book. And I'm like, whoa, 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 back up a second. Like this is email is not the place for that. I did not sign up to read your memoirs. However, stories are like how you draw people in, like it creates an emotional connection and um, they are so important, but it does need to be tight. And there's a difference between between story and storytelling. So I think, and I do both. Um, However, storytelling, um, like it can be too much if you're telling a long story in every email and I have to read a whole story to get to the lesson or the segue that's actually relevant to my life. Um, So story, on the other hand, is like a small piece of something. Like I almost just want to like open up my email doc here and see if I can give you an example. So, okay, this is a good one. Okay, so here's an example of story versus storytelling. So if I know what I want to write about, um, basically I'm looking for like a small tidbit or just like, it's almost like a vignette, like a little, like a little sneak peek into something in my life that's interesting and relevant. So um, last month was June. And so June is Pride Month. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to share three ways to celebrate pride as a business owner. Um, and because it's me, I wanted there to be a little bit of story. And I had had this like funny exchange on Instagram where someone had said, um, there was a question that was, uh, was like, this grooming shit has got me thinking fellow queers who recruited you to be LGBTQ. And I was like, oh, Joe March, I got this. I'm like so creative. And so I put in the comments, Joe March, thinking I'm so smart. And then I look in the comments and there's like 
four other people who've listed Joe March. And I thought it was so funny. And I took that tidbit. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to use this, but I collect ideas all the time. So I just like put it in a notepad and was like, I'll come back to that later. And then when I was writing this email about celebrating pride as a business owner, I was like, I need, I need a story here. Oh yeah. I will use that story over there. So that entire story was like less than six sentences. Like it was, I saw this thing. I posted this. I thought I was so clever and funny, but actually I'm not. And now it's pride month. So, so, um, that I think is really, really effective in email. And I think that's something that takes practice. Cause again, what I see in my students is like, there's a self-editing process that you have to learn how to do. You have to be able to look at a story and say like, where's the hook? Like, what's the most interesting part about the story? Cause that's usually where I start. And then, um, which of these details are like extraneous? Like, do I need this? Like you have to be ruthless when I'm editing my students' emails. I'm like, don't need this. Don't need this. Don't need this. I sometimes in my Google doc where I write my emails, I just have a section on the bottom. And this is something I learned from my friend, fellow copywriter, Sage Polaris, um, to have a cutting room floor. And I just like, because we get attached to our writing, like, oh, but the sentence was like so good. It took me like 10 minutes to write it. Like, no problem. Just put it on the cutting room floor, which PS, I never go back. I very rarely take things from the cutting room floor, but sometimes I do. And it makes me feel peaceful about deleting that thing. So, um, and sometimes story can just be like concrete details. Like when I'm writing emails, I'm looking for, like, I want it to feel like kind of tactile, like things that you can feel and touch and that actually make you kind of see something. So that could be just describing like, well, actually I got this, um, I got an email this morning. Oh my gosh. I love this email. Um, one of my, another fellow copywriter, Zafira Rajan, and she opened her email which was basically an email. I think it was mostly about self-care and she opened by describing the state of her desk. And I can picture it right now. It was like, she, I remember her saying like coffee rings on the desk, um, wrapper, like paper wrappers from like cheeseburgers or something like those, like there's, she didn't tell a story, but those every single detail of the things on her desk were like elements of story that really like drew me in. Hmm. I love that. I love that. And I'm like, I could see that even when you were explaining her email, I could see all of that too, like on my mm-hmm. desk. Um, mm-hmm. How do you bridge the gap between or, or even know what kind of stories to include in your emails that are still relevant to your business? Like I'm sure it's a skill to figure out how your story can actually be relevant to mm-hmm. the point that you want to make in your email. Mm, Yeah. This is a good question. And I want to say like, I actually have started something new recently. I just want to tell stories and it's been seven years of me telling stories and then having to like, like fit them into this little box and like make them about business. And I'm tired of doing that. And I want, so I just like made a new home for my stories and I started a brand new email list on Substack, which we could talk about later, but um, bringing it back to the original question, like how do you make it about the thing that people actually signed up to hear about? That does take practice. 
And you can do it either way. Like, because I'm really, I love telling stories and that's what I really want to do. I usually start with the story and then I'm like, hmm, how can I make this about business? And it usually involves a segue that's like, it's kind of like when, and I'll compare it to a business situation or like, but here's the thing. And then like some sort of lesson about business. And it takes practice. And what could I say that would make it easier for people? Um, I do think that it's better to, it's better and easier and more effective to start with the point that you want to make and then figure out what is the story that I could tell that would support this. It's harder to do the other way around. And sometimes like I have sent emails where the link was kind of weak and even like someone might've pointed out like, I don't know. Like, uh, so it's easier to go the other way. Like start with the point you want to make, come up with a story that can support it. And then you will find that making the bridge is a lot easier. Okay. That's a really good tip. Do you have a place where you keep all your stories? Cause like I, I can, Mm. I forget literally like everything. Like I lost my keys for two weeks and they were just in my pockets. So, um, if I don't like, I would have to have a place to keep all these stories. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's actually, I can't believe you said it before I said it, because that's one of the number one things that I say, like on my webinars, on my workshops is like, start a document somewhere with your story ideas and your email ideas. For me, like I put it, I have a fresh Google doc every month. I write my emails in Google doc, which I recommend as opposed to like writing them inside your email marketing software. And then you have to like log in every time you work on it, just like make it easy on yourself. And then you're also creating a catalog of all your writing, which is really helpful. Um, Write it in a Google doc. So every month I have like at the top of that doc, there's just a, a collection spot for ideas. So I'm constantly adding ideas. I've also had it in like a separate Google Doc that's just newsletter ideas, which I used for a long time. I don't anymore, but that also works. Whichever, um, whatever place you choose to do it, like I, I'm break, I break my own rule all the time. I already said earlier, I had this story in a Apple note. Like, I don't know why I put it in a note. That's like a weird place that I don't usually put it. It's, I used to use Voxer, which is like a voice messaging app. So I could like, you know, some people are just more like audio. So you might want to like say the note to yourself, whatever it is, just like choose one spot, one spot that you can access from all of your devices. That's really important. Like you want to be able to easily access it on your computer where you write emails, but chances are when you have an idea, um, you're not at your desk. So you have to be able to, your phone and your computer have to talk to each other. And the last thing I'll say is like, really, really like do not, you don't have to write the email. You don't have to know if it's relevant. You may not use it. Like nine out of 10 ideas that I jot down, never turn into anything, but, um, just capturing them, like just capture it and you'll have it later. And what that means is like, when you actually sit down to write an email, you're not like looking at a blinking cursor, like, Oh, this job again, like, fuck, maybe I'll do this tomorrow. (laughs) So it's helpful in many ways. You capture the stories and you also make your job a lot easier when you sit down to write email. Yeah. And when you write your emails, because you send two a week, is it? Two, I do. Yes. Do you have um, a plan in advance? I guess during a launch, you would like know what emails you need to send all the time, but like in 
for mm-hmm. times when you're not in a launch, do you have like, okay, this week I want to talk about this, or is it kind of just for you, like intuitive, whatever you feel like sharing about? Yeah. I wish I was, I, my business is really organized. Like I am very proud of our systems. However, I do not have an editorial calendar and I am certain that I would feel boxed in by that. Like my writing emails is one of my favorite things. It is my number one favorite thing that I do. I was just writing and recording an email before this call and I was having a party at my desk. Um, So uh, like I actually, it's a lot of whatever's coming up and, and like, I have been on such a wild and ridiculous journey of like major life change in the last year. So, um, there's just always something new to write about. Um, and I mean, I do like for pride month, I, I knew that I wanted to send something and, you know, sometimes we'll have a, we like occasionally like, I want my emails to be culturally relevant. So things that are happening in the world, I don't address everything. Could, how could I? Um, But I want them to be relevant to what's happening in the world and um, what's happening in my life. So I, but I do not plan. I I plan for launches though. As you said, like outside of launches, but I just want to say like, our launches, because like, you know, that would be like 30 or 40 emails for me to write. Like we plan those months in advance. I work really hard on them and they are very strategic. So in that way, I do plan and I do stick to the plan, but with my newsletters, I do not. Okay. Okay. That's good. That makes me feel better because neither do I. So I love that. Um, (laughs) the final thing that I want to talk about is value and the concept of giving value. This is something that I talk about a lot. Mm. Um, when I am like sharing with people like on my podcast or on my Instagram or on my email, whatever on giving value and what that actually looks like and what that actually means, because I think people don't quite understand the breadth of what value can mean. Um, So can you share your thoughts on what that means? This is so great. It's like you watched like a training of mine and you're like prompting me to say the things that I know how to speak on. So great. I think it just means we're on the same page about stuff. Um, Yeah. So when people think about value and they're told to give value, what they often jump to is like tips, tricks, and ideas. And that is precisely why I formally hated my Instagram feed. It was like every time I open Instagram, someone's like telling me something to do. And even if it's like how to take care of myself better, I'm like, fuck off with your tips. Like, I do not need more tips. Um, So uh, when it comes to value, like this is the work of every email marketer is to figure out what is the value of your emails And what is the value for you? What is the value for your subscribers? And it does take time. Like you may not know right away, but I still think it's a valuable exercise to actually sit down and try and articulate what the value is. Um, But value comes in many forms. Like for in my email, for my emails, like people value my authenticity. They love that. I'm, they're like, can expect me to tell like hard truths and not when I'm on the other side of it and feeling like so shiny, like I share the real shit. Um, also they expect to be entertained. Like that's huge value. Oh my gosh. People spend hours every day watching Netflix. Like that is probably one of your subscribers. Number one values is to be entertained. And if you can entertain them, like you got them. 
Um, so that's, a, that's another one. Um, like a laugh, that's something that we like people value. Um, you know, for maybe for your people, it is like tips and tricks. It is like how to do something better. That's okay too, but that's just one form of value. I also think, um, again, referring back to my email list, something I'm just kind of realizing now, like connection, like connection, especially like with everything, like the trauma of the last two years, like people need that so deeply to feel connected. And I knew, I know that my emails do help people feel more connected and like, they're not alone. Um, so that's like, a you know, the, something that's really specific to me, but, um, you know, your subscribers will tell you like when you, um, if you just pay attention and read replies and like, what, you know, what are your most replied to emails? Like what topics really set people off? Um, what topics do they, like, I have written about things that I thought were going to be like so exciting and people would love so much. And there's like crickets, like, oh, actually people don't really care about this. Like, um, and they'll tell you when they don't like it too, which isn't necessarily a reason to stop. It could be a reason to continue the conversation, but just being open to like the different forms of value and, and, um, really like I can articulate the value of my email list partly because, I've done tons of podcast interviews. And at the end of every interview, I say, here's why you should join my email list. Um, so that that is really important. Like if you want to grow your email list, you do need to be able to articulate what is the value because nobody wants more emails. Nobody wants more emails. However, they might want your emails. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love the point that you brought up at the end there to articulate the value and like ask people to join, like ask people if mm-hmm. they want to join, make the offer because a lot of time, like people just won't even make the offer to someone to say, Hey, I've got this thing and here's how it can help you. Would you like to be a part of it? Most people just miss mm-hmm. that step. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are scared, like definitely, um, because they don't want more email and they find some email annoying. They feel like they're sending pe- email to people who don't want it or are going to find it annoying. Not the case. Like you are not your subscriber. Um, so being able to say, yeah, here's why you should join and asking for it. And even like something that I have sort of like, not officially, but loosely transitioned to is like, instead of saying, go get my 10 tips on blah, blah, blah. Like I have all that. I have like a 10 email promo sequence swipe file. I have like this audio series all about ethical marketing. Like I have all those things. And sometimes I promote them, but regardless of whether or not I promote them, I tell people like, here's the free thing if you want it, but really here's what my email list is all about. And here's why I think you should like get my free thing, but actually stay for the emails because I think you're really going to like X, Y, Z things about them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that does also solve an additional problem, which is like, um, I know we we're going to talk about consent. So I'm just going to segue right into that conversation. Um, like by and large, no matter what country you are in, you are going to be affected by new rules around consent in email marketing. And in most cases, you are going to need to have express consent, which means just because someone downloaded your PDF or watched your three-part video series, like that doesn't mean you can email them twice a week for the next 10 years. You can't. So um, that's like we need to actually start thinking beyond just the free thing. Like that's not enough because really going forward, like just from a technical standpoint, 
what you're going to need is a checkbox, an optional checkbox where they can say, yes, I would also like to join your weekly email list for, you know, whatever XYZ thing that you're going to offer or no, just send me the free guide. And then you're getting consent and you can send them the thing and then you have permission to continue emailing them. And if you don't know what the thing is that comes after, like it's going to be harder to get people to stick around. And it seems like a huge problem. It's actually not that big a problem. Like we have a, we have um <clears throat> currently, we might be taking this off the market. So it might not even be available when I talk about it next, but we have this thing called the 20, the, a $27 offer called the course launch copy kit. And it's a list building tool. And um, like for us, it's a list building tool for everyone else. It's like how to write copy for your launch. And it's a really good deal. It's an awesome offer. And we run ads to it. And basically the, the cost of the product eliminates the cost of ads, or that's the idea. It doesn't always work out that way, uh, but usually it does. Um, and those people, when they buy it, they can choose to join the email list or not. It's on the checkout page and they have to click yes or no. Um, by the way, making it mandatory for people to click yes in order to get your free thing, that is not consent. They have to be able to get the free thing and click or not click. Um, okay, but where was I? Yes. So the checkbox, um, our, like, our percentage of people who check that box is something like 80 to 85, like it fluctuates, but it's around 80 to 85%, which is great. Like That's great. You want people who have consented to get emails from you. You don't want people who are like, what the fuck is this? I didn't sign up for these 10 emails. Like, no, you want people that are like, oh, your free thing. Oh, you do that too. Like, okay, let me see what this is about. Those make for much better subscribers. They stick around longer and they become your customers faster. Yeah. That's the most annoying thing when you sign up for like what was it? I went online to look at an, the Embark dog DNA test. And I think yeah. I just like put in my information just to find out like what shipping would be and all of that. And then I'm on their email list and I'm getting like two emails a day from them. And I'm like, hang on a minute. Wait, I didn't ask to wait, get wait all these emails. Yeah. I just wanted to know how much shipping was. Um, so yeah, that's a really important point. And <laughs> those it, people. it encourages people to like, really take the time to create content that people are going to find valuable and like mm -hmm. put more effort into it and um, care more about the person on the other side of the screen rather than you just getting a result or you just getting something from them, like actually giving a shit mm -hmm. about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point, like, I wonder if it would have made a difference, like you're getting two emails a day that you didn't sign up for. So there's just no situation in which that is good. Um, but something that we do at Tarzan K Global, we allow people to choose the frequency of their emails. So you can just sign up, like, I want all the emails, no matter what they are. We also have a weekly option and we have a monthly option. So if it's ever too much, like you can just downgrade and get fewer emails mm -hmm. or you could get more emails. If you want more emails, I want people to get them all. But um, that is something, and like in a promotion, like do you, you know, we have a, like at the top of every email and at the bottom, it says in very clear language, would you like to stop getting emails about this? Like click here and we won't send you any more emails about it. Like I lead with that. Like if you, if they want to go, let them go, give them a way to go, but preferably also stay on your email list. So I think like, just like, <clears throat> so 
my uh, boyfriend was talking to someone about consent, like with a, like in a sexual situation. And he was like, yeah, you need to get consent. And then you need to get consent again and get, you need to be like continuously looking for consent. Like just one time is not enough. And I was like, a, could you please tell that to my sons? And B, uh, I think I need to talk to my email list about that too, because yes, we need the initial consent. And also like, we need to renew consent. Like just because I said, yes, I'll get your emails doesn't mean I want a stack of 30 emails about a program that I'm not really interested in. Maybe I'm interested in hearing from you, but I don't need your program right now. So um, you can renew consent by just sending an email and saying like, hey, this is coming. Um, click here if you don't want to hear about it. You'll be able to opt out at any time. And then, you know, every time you send an email, also like giving people an opportunity to say no. And that's like really easy. This sounds complicated, but literally any email service provider can let you do this. And the way to do it is basically <clears throat> to tag people. So like if you click a link, if you click a specific link, then a tag is added to that subscriber. And the tag may be like, opt out email stars 2022. And then I know every email that I send to you about that I send to my email list about email stars, I'm going to exclude any subscribers who have the tag opt out email stars 2022. Perfect. I love it. And I want to um, let everyone know that they should sign up for all of Tarzan's emails because they are all good. I'm at the highest frequency and I do enjoy reading them. I actually especially enjoyed reading yesterday's one because it was on a topic that is also uh, like, it's important to me. I am a coach. I teach people how to be coaches. And I've been in this place for quite a long time of um, kind of disliking the industry because of the, um, the, I don't, fakeness isn't the right word, but um, people who are doing things that they just shouldn't be doing. Specifically, you were talking mm -hmm. about Tail Swan and people like trying to help people with trauma. And that's something that I teach people, like you are not allowed to help people with trauma. Like this kind of stuff, consent and permission and being trauma aware mm. is so important to me. And it's missing from so many coach trainings. So I really liked mm. the the email that you shared yesterday. I've actually started listening to um, the podcast episode with your friend in it. I haven't finished mm. it yet, but I'm really interested to listen to that one. Yeah. And I really feel you, Brooke. Like I'm also in an industry that is really problematic. And like everything I learned from day one was like coercion and manipulation. And it's taken like incredible strength of character to not abandon the whole thing and to really be like, okay, I'm, I'm like, I'm actually going to figure this out. Like I will stick around and I will solve this puzzle for myself and for all the people that I passed all this bullshit onto. So, um, I'm, I'm glad that you read that email and I'm, I, it was really well received um, I, I had a lot of coaches that also felt the same, like that really want the industry to be better. And I think we can, like, I think this is like not an, a, not a unclimbable mountain. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it does take people like you and I who have been through, um, the, the coercion stuff, the bullshit. And then we kind of like have enough awareness to be like, wait a minute, 
that is not how it's supposed to be. And um, for the longest time, I focused on how everyone else was doing it wrong. Oh my gosh, all these people, they're doing it so wrong. This is so bad. I can't be a part of this. And then I kind of had this awakening where I was like, wait, I don't need to focus on what everyone else is doing wrong. I'm going to do it right for all the people who also want it right so that that I can teach them that way and say, this is what we're going to focus on. This is what's important. Like, let's, let's be mindful and be ethical. Yeah. And I'm also like taking the perspective of like, I'm just trying to figure out what works for me and my people. And I can pass some of that on, but actually we all have to do this like sweaty, uncomfortable work of like, what are your ethics? And which, like, which ones of your practices are causing harm? Like, what sort of marketing are you, like, feels right with you, like, that you actually can get behind? And that does take work, takes practice, it takes listening to your people, it takes trying new things, it takes, like, trying things that have never been done before. And uh, I think the answer is, like, will be different for everyone. Like, I hosted a call with some of my colleagues, peers, and students about ethical marketing and sort of like, what is it? What, what are, what are you guys doing about it? What are you trying? What did you try that didn't work? And just as an example, like we got into like a pretty heated debate about markups on payment plans. Like some people are like, absolutely not. It's a poor tax. This is unethical. And other people are like, hang on a second. Like, I need people to pay in full so that I can run my business. Like my cat, it is necessary for cash flow. And I will, this is actually Trudy LeBron that had said, like, um, and like actually it's a discount for people who are able to pay in full because that's like such a help to your own business. So you're saying, like, yes, thank you. We need that. So here is this discount, 10 or 20% or whatever it is. And, you know, like by and large, like people had really interesting opinions on different marketing strategies that we've been taught. And I think like what's important for me, what I can pass on to my audience, my people and say, like, I know this works is like not rejecting or buying into anything wholesale. Like, oh, here's like, okay, I took Digital Course Academy and I prefer to um, just take a step-by-step plan. Therefore, I'm going to do everything that Amy Porterfield teaches, like wholesale. Like, no, there are so many good strategies. I promote that program. There are lots of good strategies in there. And she knows what works for her people. And she has her own set of values that are like right in her heart. And you, it's not about doing all these things. It's like, here's a set of things that have worked for one person which ones are you going to choose? Like what feels good to you? What does your audience respond to? And that does take time. Like we, lo- we love systems because it feels like, like you can skip the queue and you can be like, you're going to have success so much faster. Actually, like that's not how, that's not how resilient businesses are built. Like they're built through trying and failing at things and trying something else and failing at that too and <laughs> figuring out what works. Mm-hmm. I love all of that. Thank you so much for sharing. I think we can we can wrap it up here. I had like so many other things to talk about, but I think we've covered a whole lot of stuff. Um, so where can people join your email list? Because I want to tell everyone that they should. Um, so where can they find you? Okay, so if you go to tarzankcom slash join, 
you can join my email list and you will see on that page all of the value in my newsletter, which I've tried to articulate in a single landing page. But um, we do things that like people aren't doing with email. And I think there's just a lot... Like if you're not sure what it looks like to do email marketing in a way that like feels fun and feels ethical and or values-based, which is a term I prefer, like come check it out. It will entertain you. You'll have a good time. I personally reply to your replies. We also have an audio version called Tarzan Reads Her Emails, which is a private podcast. Um, so if you prefer, you can listen to the emails and, um, you know, just like, if you're not sure why you should be doing it or you have any qualms about doing it, like join my email list because I think it will give you a really good taste of like what it could be like. And I promise it can be fun and nourishing and very profitable. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending your time and having such a really great conversation with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Brooke.